Hey everyone, and welcome to Buzzing About Romance. I am Becky. And I am Leah. And um, this is kind of our 2022 Book Festivus episode. It is the Festivus for the rest of us. It is. Um, Actually, it's just the Festivus for Becky and Leah to bitch about everything. And yes, I know. I totally did that at third person. You did, but I, I'm kind of there for it at this moment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were going through like our year wrap up and, you know, these last couple episodes of the year. And um, next time on the podcast, can, all the contributors will be here with us and they're going to talk about their top reads and their year in reading. And then on mm-hmm. January 1st, we will drop our year wrap up of reading, all of our top reads. Um, I think the community read, top read will be announced on the episode that drops on Christmas Day. So we kind of had so, this, yes. we kind of had this date that we were like, well, we need to do a bookish roundup. <coughs> well, but also too, like we... With, within our community, we have a book or a book festivus where we allow everybody in the community to air their grievances. So you and I kind of thought, what if we did that for an episode? Yeah. And we aren't going to run anyone through the mud. We aren't going to trash anything. We just, we don't always, when episodes and discussions and topics start to come up in the book world, we don't always address them publicly. Yeah, we, 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 we do want always to... talk about them privately. We do. Um, we address them, you know, quietly in our community, especially when they have questions about things that are happening in the world of books. But you and I don't always necessarily get in our platform and be like, this is our opinion. No, because <laughs> honestly, like, there are a lot of things that we have strong opinions about, but there are people like in our community that they go on, they're on both sides of it. And we don't want to offend anybody in our community because we understand like there are people that feel one way or the other. We never, ever want to yuck somebody's yum. And that's one of the big things like we've talked about, but I mean, we have big feelings about stuff, but we like to stay neutral for the most part because. Well, and I also feel like there are a lot smarter people with better thought out responses than what I'm going to give because I tend to be a little bit more emotional and speak a little bit more from my heart. And it doesn't always come off as. And I don't always have a lot of tact if I am talking about something that I have a lot of feelings about. So that's, that's something. So it's more an instance too, where I don't want to say something to offend the wrong person because I don't, I don't word something correctly. So I'm kind of just covering my own ass. Which is fair. So on this episode of Buzzing About Romance, we are going to share our thoughts on topics that have come up over the course of 2022. We will share our hot takes, um, our bookish icks, and what we kind of hope to see happen in 2023, because I think some really powerful discussions have come out of 2022, and I hope that it'll make some changes going Mm -hmm. forward into 2023. Yeah, I think so too. I think there there's constantly changes in the book world and there are changes that are good and changes that are bad. And it kind of, I'm not sure where the direction is going currently, but we have thoughts on what we'd like to see. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot that happened in 2022, lots of trends that we saw. Uh huh. Lots of drama that we saw. Well, I don't even know if we want to call it drama. I don't think drama is the right word, honestly, because some of these were like really important discussions. And mm-hmm. drama always sounds petty and, you know, like what you expect in middle schoolers. This was like That's some true. pretty big topics. So I don't know that drama is the right word. I mean, it's a good word, it's just not maybe the right word. There was a disturbance in the force. There was many disturbances in the force in 2022. Mm -hmm. Many. Um, I'll just pull the nerd out. That'll make it all better. All better. So let's talk about some of these trends of 2022. Um, Let's kick it off first with one of the biggest things where there were quite a few viral books in Mm -hmm. 2022. Yeah, the, the... The viral book is something we've never seen before. Like we have seen where books have taken off and people all over the place are talking about them. 
but it's one of those things where it was more of a word of mouth type thing. And this year it really was a viral effect. Like somebody, an author posted or some random like blogger or bookstagrammer or TikToker posted about a book and it they just happened to catch the right person at the right time and it like went gangbusters so and i don't even think that you can say a book like 50 shades of gray was a viral sensation because it was really early on in social media was the thing did we really i mean we had myspace back then right well and 50 shades of gray caught its attention because morning shows started talking mm-hmm. about it. The news cycles picked it up. Yeah. So so that was like a more news, a newsworthy type thing. Like because of the the different elements to the story that most people were not seeing. So like when it we, was a, a whole different like ball game. Yeah. So when we say a viral book, we are talking about a book that 99% of the time came out of TikTok, BookTok, mm-hmm. um, and a social media platform. A social media platform and just went bonkers. Mm-hmm. And, and has stayed kind of bonkers too. So one of the biggest titles of the year for the indie side, I would say, is Things We Never Got Over by Lucy Score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like it was... It was a sought after book when she announced it. Um, it's a new book and it's a brand new series. But after it came out, it I mean, it was in the charts the first like couple of weeks it came out, but then it just kind of continued to be there. And it just, you saw it everywhere and everybody was talking about it. And it, I mean, it was released in Jan- January of February. I wanted to say March, but you might be right. It might be February. I'm gonna look it up because, because she had another release in June, mm-hmm. which was her trad pub book. Which January. The, ex- the expectation was that Maggie moves on was going to be her big book of the year, the big push because it was with this trad label. Mm-hmm. It didn't do great. No, but things we never got over is like it is still high in those charts. Like it is still. I think it has stayed in the top fifty in the Amazon Kindle sales for the last six eight months. Mm, Maybe not in the top fifty because there were a couple weeks where the numbers were like there was some big pushes on some new books that came in. I definitely in the top one hundred though. Um. So we had that one. I also feel like this was the now I don't read her, um, but I know you read her and we did a couple. We did at least one quick shot on one of her books this year. Megan Quinn. It mm-hmm. was kind of the year of Megan Quinn. She had tons of titles coming out, but there was always yeah. a Megan Quinn book up at the top. Up there, at the top. I mean, there still is. If you look at the Amazon and we're talking Amazon charts because Megan Quinn is a KU author. So, so is Lucy Amazon, score. And so Amazon is the only chart that Megan Quinn is going to be on because of the way that she publishes. But even now, like she has multiple books in the top 100. Like she's number two currently, as I'm looking at the list, as we're recording this episode. Um, And she, I mean, she's been writing for a while, but she has, she has really, (laughs) excuse me, Becky and I both have colds. So we apologize for coughs, but she is really like, there's something about her books that people have been really gravitating to this year. Yeah. And she tends to write more rom-coms, which is interesting because rom-coms can be really hit or miss in the market. Mm-hmm. Well, but if you look at the chart, there's such a diverse, a diverse grouping of books in it right now, which I think is really interesting. Also, like there, there is a, a lot of romance, like, full on a lot of romance, especially in the, and I'm just referring to the Kindle chart, but you don't always see that, which is one reason I like the Kindle chart because there is such a variety. I agree. Then Uh, along with Megan Quinn, we have the coho effect of 2022. I think that that's something, you know, Colleen Hoover has been writing books, I think since 2015, 2014, Mm -hmm. she was a small indie author. She's written a couple books for Montlake. Um, I have never read any of her books. I have not either. Based upon what I know of her books, 
I think that they are along the lines with the devil's books, Nicholas Sparks. You didn't have to say his name. Everybody knew who you were talking about. But I don't want anyone to think that I think that Colleen Hoover is the devil. I think Colleen no. Hoover. Now, I, I will say, you know, she's kind of, she does this whole emotional trauma book and elicits big emotions. Mm-hmm. It does have a feeling based upon reviews that I've read and articles from smart people that have read her books. There is kind of this emotional toxicity toxicity to her books um Mm -hmm. she deals with a lot of really heavy topics like domestic violence and you know kind of secular uh abusive type relationships Mm -hmm. so i think not all her books end in happy endings i think that she reads more writes more in the general fiction with romantic romantic elements. elements um but i will say her books have caused people to pick up books and read. Mm-hmm. And I would rather see them reading her than the doofus, the devil, or the lady that wrote When the Crawl Dad Sing, you know, because she's mm-hmm. a murderer. Yeah. Um, Allegedly. There. Allegedly. So, but because of this, these viral sensations, these viral books, we've actually seen this trend in the market where indie authors with well-established platforms are getting their books bought by Big Pub. Yes. And I don't know how I feel about it. I have mixed feelings about it. Well, that's really all I can say about it. So let me give some some mixed feelings. So one of the big ones that we've seen is Bloom Books has been buying distro rights. And I should say Bloom Books is a sub-label of Sourcebooks. Mm-hmm. Sourcebooks is owned 49% by Penguin Random House. Lots of people like to talk about how Sourcebook is women-owned, and it's really a small indie label. But that's not true. That is not true. They have a huge infusion of cash coming from Penguin Random House, which is the largest publishing house in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Bloom Books label was created. The very first book that they ever bought and distributed was Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So E.L. James is with Bloom Books. Like, this is kind of her project. What they do. So what Bloom's Bloom Book does is they go in and are looking for authors with established fan bases, with an established reader group and an established reputation. And they see a book doing really well with this author and they buy the rights to distribute typically just the paperbacks. Not always. But not always. So I'm going to read this because I wanted to sound halfway eloquent. Okay. So with book talk causing viral sensations, indie authors have seen trad pub interested in their distro rights. This happened in late 2020 with Penguin Random House purchasing the rights for paperbacks of Ruby Dixon's Ice Planet Barbarians. In 2022, we saw a bunch of indie authors get these deals and Sourcebook relaunching their Bloom Book line. They have picked up some Kindle Unlimited favorites such as Anna Hong Emily McIntyre, Lucy Score, Kennedy Ryan, Sarah Kate, Sierra Simone, Lauren Asher, Mia Sheridan, and Jennifer Hartman. What does this mean for you, the reader? In most cases, this means nothing changes, other than you'll be able to find most, most of these authors' paperback versions of the books more easily in bookstores. They're going to have larger distribution, indie bookstores, it'll be easier for them to purchase it. Ebooks will remain in for the most part. Ebooks will remain in Kindle Unlimited. However, newer books coming from these authors might not be part of Kindle Unlimited. Many of these authors have only sold selected titles, and with that, they have made them available wide instead of just being in Kindle Unlimited. So it can be shocking to a reader 
when an indie author sells their books. We're going to use Icebreakers by Hannah Grace as an example. One day, it's in Kindle Unlimited with a retail price of $3.99 for an ebook. Overnight, it is sold to Simon & Schuster, and it is now a $9.98 ebook and is not in Kindle Unlimited. So, part of my problem with this, particular is these, so I, I wouldn't count Sarah Simone. She moves books in and out of Kindle Unlimited with a pretty regular flair. Mm -hmm. There's a few authors that do that. Like um, Delta James also is an author who she rolls series. She will ha always have a series or two in KU, although she has a whole bunch of series. So it might be like five or six series, but she always has stuff in KU. She always has stuff in wide and she rotates them every so many months. So that way, everybody, no matter how they read, has the option to read her. Well, and authors like Kennedy Ryan and Mia Sheridan, they are hybrid authors. They have yeah. trad pub books. They have indie books. Some mm -hmm. are in KU. Some are not in KU. Yeah. So <clears throat> them selling their rights, it doesn't really look any different for the reader. No. Well, the but they only, from what I understand, they only sold their paperback distribution rights, though. So they fully control what happens with those ebooks. The ones that I start to kind of get iffy about are the Lucy Scores and the Sarah Cates. They have built a Kindle Unlimited following, they have built this readership in KU. Mm -hmm. And they are not always transparent as to if they just sold paperback rights, if they sold ebook rights. Now, Lucy Score was only paperback rights. I did some research. Yeah. I went into Publishers Weekly, into their marketplace. She only sold her paperbacks. But we saw something happen with her this year that kind of brought this more to the surface. Mm-hmm. So Lucy Score had her very first ever traditionally published book, Maggie Moves On. And I was not in her readers group, but she was clear to say that this book, just a couple of times as it was launching, it was not going to be in Kindle Unlimited, that this was a trad pub book that Forever Books owns the rights to that book. But on her release day, people went to get the book and it's not in KU and the paper, the ebook is $12.99. Because it has a trad pub price. Because it has the trad pub price. And there was a lot of upset people. Now, I'm using Lucy as an example. I don't think she did anything wrong. What I think would have been a better situation is had she made the choice to do what Delta does, to do what Sierra Simone does, to do what Kennedy Ryan does, and roll series in and out of KU. Mm -hmm. to kind of prep her readers like leading up to that like so yeah. pe people know like just because i release a book or i have a book does not make it necessarily easily accessible to those with certain platforms yeah and but i feel like they're like she's not the only author who has misstepped in that way and we see that and there are authors who have talked about ku extremely negatively in the past which I'm going off onto a little bit of another tangent. Okay, well, wait, before we do that, we just want to, does, do readers deserve to know this information? Does the author owe us, owe us transparency when this is happening and how it could affect future titles? I don't think, I think an author, in order to not alienate their fan base, they need to be open. They need to be honest. They need to be transparent to a point. I'm not saying they owe us that information because at the end of the day, this is their business. But if you have an established fan base who has an expectation of what your release day will look like, you need to prep them for it. Okay. So you are skipping right to the next topic. Well, we're in that KU world, KU mindset. So one of the big things that we have seen in the last 
it's only been in, since September. I would say just these last four months of 2022. Well, the last four months, but a lot, a lot in the last two months. So we are seeing authors that have traditionally been wide, that are with small indie presses, or even with traditional publishing, yeah. all of a sudden putting their books into Kindle Unlimited. And Which is fine, but... These are also authors who have bitched and moaned and complained and talked about how shitty Kindle Unlimited was, and they would never, ever put their books into KU. It also isn't fair. No. Because as an indie author, if your books in KU, there is an exclusivity. Your ebook cannot be anywhere else. It can only be accessible to KU. Well, in your paperback can only be other places if you have purchased your ISBN number, which some authors don't do that. They just click like Amazon provides that. And so you don't even have to do that work, which is fine if you're always going to keep your books there. But you purchase, if you purchase that ISBN number, you can put paperbacks other places, but your ebook must be in KU. But we just saw happen this week, this last week. Yeah. Author Mariah Inkeman, all her books are with Entangled. Entangled yeah. put them in KU. But in a TikTok, she was very clear to state, but don't worry. If you read on other places and other sites, they're still going to be there. They're still on Kobo. They're still on Barnes & Noble Nook. They're still in your libraries. How is because, that fair? How is that fair? It's not fair, but publishers and Entangled is not the only publisher this is happening with. We're just using that as an example. But publishers have gotten a loophole, so they have the ability to put those books in KU, but continue to sell everywhere else. So, and this is Becky and Leah's conspiracy theory, theory corner. It is. It really is. Why do you think that these wide authors, who have not been very kind to Kindle Unlimited readers, why do you think they're doing this? I personally feel that there is kickbacks, places that are getting them and people are recommending these authors to do these things. I think it is a marketing ploy. Mm -hmm. I also believe that this is authors desperate to go viral, to get the TikTok trend, to get the book talk trend. Because that is one thing we like. We noticed at the beginning of these whole like viral video TikTok explosions, they were predominantly Kindle Unlimited books. There's like a rare occasion here or there where it wasn't, but I'd say nine, eight out of ten books that went viral in the first like couple months of that chaos. But I think that what we see viral are TradPub books with wide distribution. Yeah, they're in libraries. Love hypothesis, but. Or, They're in a library. Or KU authors. Look at Sarah Kate. She's only ever been a KU author. Praise mm -hmm. took off in March. She yeah. could not write her books fast enough. She went from this little known author that writes sexy, smutty books to this draw, this name. Mm -hmm. You know, people are out for all her books. Yeah. So... There is a collation between TikTok trends and book talk trends and being in Kindle Unlimited. Yeah, 100%. But, but I do think that there is this marketing push from certain places pushing yep. their authors to Kindle Unlimited. And, um, you know, we're not sure it's all about board. No, and it's one of those things, if it's an author who has been in KU before and like said, hey, this didn't work for me before, I'm going to pull my books, make have them go wide, try that out for a while and see what happens. And then they decide whether or not there's a kickback or not, or they're just trying to go viral and they go back in. But they are authors that have never said KU is like the enemy. I don't have an issue with that. I have an issue with, an, like, with authors that there is like record like if you really go back and look through their like past social media 
There is multiple instances where they talk about how they will never put their books in Kindle Unlimited. I have issue with that because if you hated something so much six months ago, why are you, why is your entire backlist now in Kindle Unlimited? Yep. Okay. Switching. <clears throat> we have, switching we have a, places. Lot of, a lot of feelings about that. So one, I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't talk about some of the hiccups coming up. <laughs> out of into the book world this year and one of the biggest ones happened over the fourth of july weekend this was a big disturbance in the force uh was it over the fourth of july or no end of july i think it was the end of july so but either way it was a big disturbance there was a big disturbance in the force as (laughs) um thirst traps with the help of an author decided that they were going to launch something revolutionary that wasn't. There's no sarcasm in that statement at all. No. Mm -mm. So we are talking about Verba in the Thirst Trap. I feel like this could be its own like little Netflix serial. Or a porn name. Verba in the Thirst Trap? Yeah. (laughs) That'd be a great porn. It would be. Oh my god. I mean you're halfway there. So basically these thirst (laughs) I would watch it. (coughs) These thirst trap guys that, you know, aren't all that attractive in my opinion. Wanted I I could I can see the draw. That had good voices, that wanted book talk money, Mm -hmm. and decided they were going to help authors create audiobooks um, and provide a streaming platform for audiobooks for readers. Yep. <coughs> Focused mainly on romance books. Mm-hmm. And it backfired because people were educated well, and knew thing. that there were other platforms like Libra FM, AnyPlay FM, mm-hmm. um, Scribd, or hoopla or your library yeah like there was there was not a lot of research or thought that went into this plan and they were weren't they talking about like crowdsourcing it or something like that no that was verba 2.0 later they came back over labor day that was it was like it was like 14,000 or 40,000. 40,000. They were going to crowdsource $40,000 to do one one audiobook audiobook for one author. If you're paying $40,000 for an audiobook, you are getting ripped off. It was so what a hot mess. One of the things that I hope to see different, because one of the things that I see over on Book Talk that drives me crazy is. These women go crazy for men doing the bare minimum. Yeah. A guy can go on TikTok holding a book and being like, I'm going to read this. Well, he doesn't even have to do that. He has to, has to be on TikTok holding the book. He doesn't have to do anything. He can just stand there holding the book. And they go crazy for him and give him all this attention. And, you know, there was the wish Jason Momoa that happened earlier this fall, too, that came on and said, I'm going to own book talk. And then he went after two people claiming they were stuck him. It was just so terrible. So mm-hmm. terrible. Um, I just hope that in 2023, we have higher expectations out of dudes on book talk. Well, just in life in general, too. Like, have higher expectations, people. So one of the things that's come out over this last year is Barnes & Noble, which is, this is a very weird phenomenon for me because I'm older. So Barnes & Noble in the 90s. Was a bookstore? (laughs) It was, but it was, they were the devil. They were. They were coming into all these small markets and putting mom and pop bookstores out of business. And so they only sold books at the time. They only sold books at the time. And it, I mean, if you're a kid of the 90s, 
Barnes and Noble was, I mean, they were corporate enemy number one, you know, mm -hmm. because they were destroying community strongholds, these small indie bookstores, and, um, and they were pricing and make, forcing bookstores to close doors. Yeah. And then we have 2022, where Barnes and Noble is being touted early 2022. Barnes and Noble is being touted as this champion of the book because they are yeah. not Amazon. Yeah. And everyone's like, support Barnes and Noble. Don't buy at Amazon. Buy at Barnes and Noble. And I'm just like, you guys, they're still corporate. You're not doing anyone any favors yeah. by buying it one place over the other. Neither one is a good place. No. And Barnes & Noble, the second half of 2022, showed their true colors. Yeah, because they stopped buying books. They did. They're changing their display. So they're going to shelve less books in stores well, but they're changing the way that they buy too right they're only picking one so in a traditional pub contract typically so let's take a julie garwood book for example she had a book release in july this year mm -hmm. grace under fire that book came out in hardback first because that is the traditional way and it does not come out in paperback until february of 2023 so Barnes and Noble made the choice that they were going to buy less hardbacks. Yep. That they are going to take one to two hardback selections per category per quarter. And that's it. And that's it. So one of the problems is, is a lot of ways that diverse authors get found is through traditional pub contracts and the way they're written they go to hardback first mm. rarely is there a label that will do a paperback first and no and if any honestly if you remember like traditional books for years and years and years like books that you like really were waiting for the the hardbacks came out and then you had to wait and wait and wait and wait and wait for the paperback to show up well and that's something else that is changing too publishing is making the choice to move away from the mass market paperback mm -hmm. and they're going to the trade size paperback well mass market paperbacks are 8.99 right now and mm -hmm. a trade size paperback is 16.99 or more or more and so what is happening is they are making it harder for people to get their hands on physical books. And we're and we're talking romance right now, but this is happening in all genres. Mm -hmm. And this is being driven by retailers such as Barnes and Noble Barnes and, Noble. and Target. Mm -hmm. Because they want to make their shelves look nice. And so they want books to be all the same size. Well, it's like they're looking for that boutique look and it's so they're they want something specific, but at the same time, like people there are people that can't afford a sixteen dollar paperback. Like no. I mean, I personally don't love the mass market <laughs> size, but if it's a book that I really want in paperback, I'm gonna buy it. But at the same time, like there are people that like they can't do like in their budget a $16 paperback is not part of their budget no well and you know that's part of the reason that I talk about that I do buy my books on Amazon because I can get my book for $16.99 and I don't have to pay shipping yeah if I have to pay shipping and shipping is eight dollars that's half of a whole nother book mm -hmm. so if my budget is limited there is value for me at a place like Amazon with free shipping. I don't get that with Barnes Noble and I don't live near one. I live in a place that doesn't have a local bookstore. Yeah. We have a local children's bookstore. We do not have a local um, adult bookstore. Well, we do, but that's a whole different kind of book. Um, that's 
adult bookstore. One of the great things that did kind of happen this year is the largest pirating site of books got taken down. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't taken down. So Z Library got taken down, but it was not just by one author. No. Um, but then someone I noticed shared the other day that over on Etsy, you can buy PDF of books that are not theirs. Oh, that's interesting. So now you have to report them to Etsy. People don't steal books. I mean, honestly, like don't there steal are books. so many ways to get a book. Like so many ways. We were, we share at least 20 free books a week in our Discord. Yeah. By different authors. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like if you look, you can find free books. Sign up for BookBub. You will get free books every day. You get an email every, every single day. day. Yeah. And they do, they have every genre on there. So if you like, there are ways to find the free books. So the next topic is one that we're going to combine two together. Okay. So here's the question. Does an author need to change their writing style, i.e. add more spice, or follow trends in order to continue to stay relevant? No. Do you like this trend? No. Because I read that author... I read specific authors for the way that they write their books. I don't want them changing their books. I read authors, like I like a spicy book. We all know that. I like a porn without plot. Like that is okay with me. But when I open up certain books, I have an expectation going in of how that book is going to to pan out. And if it's different, I get a little grumpy. Well, and Miss Penny Reed our queen, queen. uh, made a statement on TikTok. And I totally agreed with her. She said she will write the book she wants. She is not planning to write to to trends. Trends. Oh, my goodness. Words are hard. Cheese and rice. Um, I also (laughs) think if you write the stories of your heart, readers will find you. You should not go chasing readers. No, you shouldn't. And honestly, like you, for an avid reader who is they who has favorites they will find those books that the author was doing to chase the reader they will find the books where the author was not authentic in their storytelling because they have say this author has 70 books out on that 71st book they try to chase the reader If you've read all 70 books, that 71st book, you are not going to like it because it is not their voice. And then it makes you grumpy. Super grumpy. We had that happen to me this year. I also had to make some decisions that after reading a couple of books this year by certain different authors, I had to come to some realizations that maybe that author isn't for me right now. Mm -hmm. And that makes me grumpy. It makes me sad. But, it does. you know, well, especially I'm- if there's authors that we've read for years, like, because there have been some authors that we have read for a while who things have transpired or their style has changed because they're, they're looking for something new. And it's like, I don't mind if an author tries like a different subgenre or something like that. Like that doesn't bother me because they, they want to step out of their box a little bit but it bugs me when an author is completely like they completely change their style of writing just to try and make another group of people happy yeah i agree um okay so one of the great conversations that came up and i want to be very clear about this there are problematic authors yeah and if you would like to know a list of problematic authors hit us up we will happily share with you. And when we say problematic, these are people that are doing harm to other communities that they have no Mm -hmm. business doing harm to. And um, everybody talks about that it's cancel culture. It is not cancel culture. These people are not being canceled because one of the big problematic authors, she got a movie deal. Mm -hmm. What we're saying is, is that be aware 
that you cannot separate art from the person. You just can't because there's a little bit of that person in that art as you consume it. Mm -hmm. And there's a big problematic author that she like burned the romance genre, like said that she felt no inspiration to them anymore and that she was done with them moving on to bigger and better things. And then I came across a reel yesterday She's been inspired to write a romance book, a.k.a. she needs some cash and hopes her fan will show up. Mm -hmm. But Book Talk, as much as they drive me bonkers, they are holding these authors accountable. And they I are. like that. Yeah. Um, the other thing that came out of holding authors accountable is the need for sensitivity readers. Yes, so much so, because honestly... <laughs> If you're going to write about something, I have no problem with that, but you need to have a knowledge and an understanding of what you're writing. And if you don't, you need to find somebody who has a knowledge and understanding of what you're writing about to tell you if you are fucking it up or you're going to offend somebody. If it's not your story to tell, if you are not a wheelchair user, if you are not someone who uses hearing aids or other listening devices... If you are not using mobility aids, if that is not something that is part of your daily knowledge and saying, hey, I have a friend that does it, so therefore I know about it. You don't. Mm -hmm. You need to engage with someone who does have that knowledge, that lives that life, has that label, and have them read your manuscript to make sure you are telling a very true and authentic story that is not going to be harmful to that community. Yeah. And we also don't need your fans coming after people that are calling you out and bringing your, um, bringing you to the awareness of your misstep. Who are people that live that life. Like that is my, that is, there are a couple instances where that happened where it's, people spoke out because they said this, this author is wrong. This is offensive to me personally, because this is the life that I live. And then she had people attacking her because she is wrong. She's and it's like, that is the life she lives on a daily basis. How can she be wrong? Yeah, nope. I agree. Um, okay. We're going to skip a couple of things. Let's go to Anthony's anthologies and the usa today bestseller list mm. so th this year we had a bunch of authors that got their usa today letters and i was so excited for all of them yeah it doesn't matter if you're part of an anthology when you get your letters it's just exciting you got your letters and you should be using them yeah um that being said as of this week usa today is no longer curating a list. No, they are not. And this is harmful. And there's a lot of frustrated authors and frustrated well, people. So there's a couple thoughts to this. So the USA Today list was based solely on sales in the US. And it is one of the only lists that's not curated. There mm -hmm. were very clear guidelines how you get on the list and how they um, calculate your standing. Mm -hmm. Lists like the New York Times and the Washington Post are curated. They have an algorithm and a method and a sampling. And indie authors are not eligible for New York Times or for Washington Post any mm -hmm. longer. Um <clears throat> So there's this. Well, and even a Mont Lake book, which is not an indie published book, is not eligible for New York Times either. No. So because you have to have more than your sales on Amazon. You, it, New York Times does not tell you how they come up with their list, how they calculate or anything. It's this very hush-hush. They're very clear to say it's a curated list, meaning they're selecting the titles. So 90% of the time, these are going to be white traditional published men yep. in that list um 
so that being said, USA Today was a level playing field for indie romance authors. Mm -hmm. You could be on the list. And you were up against children's sales and, you know, genre fiction and thrillers and horror all on the same list. Yeah. So for, for a romance author who was indie to get on that list, it's huge. Mm -hmm. And so now that that list has gone away, I... You're successful if you're on the list or not on the list. I'm not saying the list defines success. No, but it's an accolade. It's that nice, like, hey, look, you're doing good. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. Like, it is that extra pat on the back where it says, and it's physical, visual proof that you can show people that, because Orange banners on Amazon, they show up, they disappear depending on the type of banner it is. Like you don't, that orange banner isn't always there. But the thing is that USA Today, those letters, those are always there. Like it is a physical donation, not donation, physical testament that you did it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that, that those are our icks and our hot takes. We are moving on to 2023. Um, but before we do that, let's just close out our reading year. Did you have any new exceptional authors this year that you read that you would like to give a mention to? Because I Juliet have a list. Cross. I discovered Juliet Cross this year with her sex nachos and Parks and Provocation. I know you're shaking your head, but honestly, it was such a good book. And then we just, we discovered her stay a spell series and she came on drunk book club and she is delightful and wonderful. But then she wrote like another contemporary book. That was one of the best books I read this year. She is without a doubt, one of my favorite authors of the year. Okay. I have a list. I do. I mean, do you want to go back and forth? Yeah. I mean, you can just say, them. like I found <laughs> Carrie Elks, Kaylee Ryan, oh, Swati yeah. MH, um, and L.M. Deglish, Denglish, Deglish. We don't know how to pronounce it. I don't know. And I apologize. But all of these. Can you, and I, can you send us a phonetical pronunciation of your last name, please? If you're listening, that would be very helpful. <laughs> I will also say I rediscovered my love of Carrie Ann Ryan this year. And I discovered my love of Carrie Ann Ryan this year. I had never read her before. I've had her books on my Kindle forever because she is one of those authors. She's constantly doing free books. Um, so if you, if you wait it out long enough, you can get an entire series for free because she does like random books in the series. <clears throat> and I discovered her and I am not disappointed in that at all. Not at all. I, yeah. Um, but we both experienced quite a few reading slumps this year. I had a rough reading year. I, I read a lot of books. I probably read between six and 700 books per year on a typical year because I read really fast. So on a weekend, like there are weeks, <laughs> I was sick the one weekend and I probably read seven books throughout the whole weekend. Cause I like, I couldn't do anything. Like I was that sick. And so I could just sit and read. And if I have the time, I can read a three or 400 page book in like two or three hours. So I, I can put at least a book a day away without question. So I have big numbers, but I had so many slumps this year that I, so I reread, I reread some of my favorites. I rediscovered some of like my old favorites. And I was like, oh, this is why I was reading this author. I need to go back to them. But it was, it was a rough, a rough year. And when Becky and I, like for our year end episode, our top reads of 2022, we'll talk about it more there, but finding books for a couple months was really hard. Well, and that was something that I noticed a book either really hit or it really missed or it really missed. And I recent I'm recently in the middle of a slump because mm -hmm. I'll start a book and I'm starting 10 books. And none of them are capturing my attention. None of them are pulling me in. And it's not the books. Well, and that's the thing. You know, it's not the books because it is authors that you've read and enjoyed for a while. Like it is an author you read. It is an author you like. So you know, it's not the book. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, I do want to give a special shout out to a debut author that I read this year that I love. And I will talk about her more in our indie or in our indie. Our year end episode. In our year end episode. But Becky, Natalie again, Becky's getting over being sick. Yeah. So you gotta bear with her a little right. bit. Words are so hard. Natalie Kenya came out of nowhere for me this year. Her her book, A Proposal They Can't Refuse. It came this summer at a time, well, I read it in August. It was a couple mm-hmm. months after it released. And it came at a time when I was really slumping and I was really struggling. And that book was like fresh and beautiful. And it made me remember like, oh, yeah, this is why I do romance. And I had the honor to talk with her during readathon. And she was like, I can't believe you want little old me. And I'm like, you wrote this amazing book with these grandpas that are amazing. And I love them. Because well, she had she had like a great side character of little old men yeah you like you like those old side characters i do i love them um so i just she was by far one of the best new debut authors i read this year and i can't wait for the next book in that series to come out in 2023 and that takes us to real quick give me two or three books you are anticipating in 2023 i will say I will have a blog post up on bookcaseandcoffee.com December 23rd, um, listing out all of my uh, anticipated 2023 reads that have been announced so far. Okay, so a couple for me. So Susan Stoker is writing Baker's book. And if you read Susan Stoker, you know what I'm talking about and who I'm talking about. But Baker is coming, I think it's July of 2023. So we still have a while to wait. But Finding Joe Dell is his book. And I'm so excited. Um, I actually just saw that she put a post on Facebook that she sent it to the editor. And her editor was like, oh, this is really long. And I was like, I am so excited for this. Um, Riley Edwards has a book called Garrett coming out. And Garrett has been this anomaly in her series with Zane, who, again, if you know who I'm talking about, if you know, you know. Um, but, so Garrett Secret has always Suspense been, Society. That's right. Um, he's always been in the periphery and you get little snippets of him, but we're finally getting his full story. Thank the Lord. Um, and then, I mean, I have a bunch, but J.E. Parker, book two in her Mafia series is coming out. She had some health problems this year, so she had to push it back for a while, which I I understand that. I get that. But I was super excited for this book. It's called Falling for the Broken. It's going to be amazing and wonderful, and I can't wait. Um, So... Of course, you know, uh, Jay Salmon is sending out a new series into 2023. Um, yeah. It's in the She's, world of her Boston Bachelor it, Billionaire. Like, starts this, it starts the year off with a bang. bang it's yeah. January 2nd. Um, we've got tons of stuff coming from Carrie Ann Ryan. Book five in the steels at Silver Island by Melissa Foster. We have to wait until August for that I one, know. but that's okay. Catherine Cowell is starting a new series, which I am super excited. And if you follow Catherine, you know she has two novellas that are like leading up into this series, but it's her yeah. Lost and Found series. And if you've seen these covers that Hang did, they are wonderful and beautiful. And oh my God, I yeah. can't There's so many great there. series. Um, Alexis Daria has a Take the Lead. It's a dance-off. It's a dance reality Really? Yeah. A book coming out and she's I the author. See that one. She's the author of You Had Me at Ola. Mm-hmm. Um that is kind of telenovela inspired. So I'm excited for that. That comes out Valentine's Day, along with End of Story by Kylie Scott. Those are both Trad Pub books that they have coming out at Valentine's Day. And well, I cannot and, wait. And then we're getting the third book in the Hughes trilogy, Three to Get Ready. And I'm I can I'm anxiously waiting for this book because I hate a Cliffy. We all know I hate a Cliffy if you listen to the podcast. And we've been waiting and waiting. And it probably isn't that long, but it feels really, really it long. It does feel really, really long. Okay, so Leah, it's that time. It's that time for book book of of the, the week. week. So my book of the week is actually not coming out. It might be out when this drops, but I don't remember the release date. I think it's December 20th, but it, this I read the 18th. So. Okay. So it hasn't come out yet, but I read The Ark of Striker by Anna Hackett. It's just, it's wonderful and delightful. I write, I love everything she writes, but Hadley is a badass. Like she is the heroine. She is a badass. Like she, 
I just love her so much. And her hero is swoony and a little bit damaged. And but he lets her be a badass also, which is nice. Which is nice. Um, so my book of the week is Until Willow by Aurora Rose Reynolds. I had the privilege, you had the privilege to chat we, with Aurora. We, we had that privilege and it was a wonderful chat. This last week um, and cel- got to celebrate this release. I loved this book. I loved mm-hmm. this book. I love Clay. I loved Willow. Um, it was a really well done story. It was sexy. It was feisty. Um, it introduced some really dynamic side characters that are getting their own books in the future. I cannot wait. So, um, yeah, and it was a pleasure to chat with her. So you can go back it on was. YouTube and watch that. So, yeah, it was funny because in her reader group on Facebook today, people kept asking about Leah getting oh. a book and like the brothers. And I was like, I know the answer to this question. We know. We know. Um, so you can find a list of all our upcoming dates, including book club, happy hour, plot a book, and reading challenge at bookcaseandcoffee.com slash events we have some patreon news we haven't done a patreon update in a minute we do have some patreon news we'd like to say a big thank you to all of our patreon members and especially our new members melissa and carla we are so excited to have you join the community if you would like to join our patreon which is how we support and like have the podcast in general you can find out details um at patreon.com slash bookcase and coffee uh, joining Patreon does give you access to great events like Drunk Book Club uh, and other Patreon exclusives like Should You Read It and Buzzing After Dark. Um, there's some good ones dropping, and I think I should have a Should You Read It for Until Willow coming in the coming weeks. Um, I do want to do something just real quick. If you are listening to this podcast, wherever you are listening to this podcast, could you please leave us a review? Just mm-hmm. hit the stars. Tell us what you think. Tell us if you're liking it. That if there's ha- something you don't like, you can tell us that too. But that helps us in our uh, iTunes ratings and our Spotify ratings. That gives us opportunities to be discovered on the discovery page. So uh, it would be very helpful. And you know, we were talking about our plans for 2023 and what things are going to look like. And I am we're, I am starting my third year into mm-hmm. this podcast, and I would like to keep it going. Um, so if you would be so kind as to leave us a review, I would just be so grateful. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm begging. You're not, because honestly, like, if that's the thing, like, the more people review, the more people find us and the more that we can keep doing this because, and we want to keep doing this because we love the, like bringing you everything romance. We do. And we have some big ideas for 2023. We have some big ideas. Some fun stuff is coming in your trope direction. Talks, trope Talks will be back after the first of the year and they are. we're going to shake them up a little bit. It's going to be great. We're shaking them up, but we're re- revamping some stuff too. So just stay tuned for changes and exciting things. But are we doing clear the tier? Yeah. The last? Okay. So we are still in our last challenge of the year. It is wrapping up. To, I totally forgot the word December there. December 31st. It finishes on that day. So the clear the TBR challenge are all the entries are due by the 31st. If you want to enter, it is not too late. You can find details how to enter on the website. We have some buzzing swag along with um, book swag money. It's to... supposed to be money to one of our favorite bookish retailers. Okay. Well, I didn't. There's a lot of typos and letters missing. There's a lot of typos. She's in okay. rice. Cheese and rice, Becky. Okay. So everybody, thank you so much for joining us and listening to our bookish hot takes and our icks of 2022. And Mm -hmm. we are excited to bring you our next two episodes full of our community top top reads and our top reads. Um, Thank you for listening. Until next time, everyone. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. If you like the podcast, please leave a review. 
If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes. 